And Barnes hits right high. It's a dig. It is out of here. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker. It's time to get up and get your day started. It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome into Sports 56 Mornings. As we get that much closer to the start of the weekend, it's the Friday, September 29th, 2023 edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. The world's biggest spa sale continues. All types of great deals on spas at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Go visit Family Leisure this weekend. Currently 69 degrees Nice outside. Looks like another sunny day today. We're looking at a high of 91 degrees tonight. Clear with a low near 69. And then tomorrow for your football Saturday, a little warmer than first projected earlier in the week uh, with a high expected to be around 90. So looking at uh, temperatures right around there for kickoff for the Tigers, Boise State at 3 o'clock, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Maybe a tad cooler, just a tad down at Vald Hemingway for Ole Miss and LSU. They'll kick off uh, around 5-ish for their big game in the SEC. Coming up on the program today, we're going to be very busy. We'll give you an update on what's happening with the Ryder Cup. We'll talk Major League Baseball final week of the regular season. Teams still jockeying to make it into the playoffs, whether it be a division champion or an at-large team, a wild-card team. John Varlis joins us at 7.25, as he does every Friday, to talk prep football. At 8.05, we'll talk some Memphis 901 FC soccer with head coach Stephen Glass. They're coming up with a huge win last weekend at Tampa. They have Birmingham tomorrow at AutoZone Park, and they're looking for home field advantage, or home pitch advantage, if you will, for the start of the playoffs, which they'll be in for the third straight year. At 9.05, Brandon Lang will join us from the Believe Me podcast and BrandonLang.com, the handicap college football and NFL action this weekend. And then at 9.30, our buddy Sean Merriman, the former three-time NFL All-Pro and founder of Lights Out MMA on Fubo Sports. they got another huge event coming up on October 7th. We'll talk about that with Sean, and of course, we'll get his thoughts on the National Football League. Week 4 getting kick-started last night. Not a great game between Detroit and Green Bay. We had a little college football action last night as well. Some news on the XFL-USFL merger, NBA, with the NBA preseason beginning next week with Media Day on Monday. It is a good time to be alive. Lots going on in the world of sports. If you want to hit us up, feel free to do so on the Sports 56 listener lines by calling in or texting in at 901-360-8255 or send us a message via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or sportsmemphis.com, which is our website. Eli, I was going to ask Zach to play a little Lee Greenwood to open up the show. But right now, we can't do that. We are proud to be an American, but the Americans right now are getting their butts handed to them by the Europeans at the Ryder Cup. Hey, but there's good news. We finally have the lead in a match. Yay! Took a while. Took a long time. Spieth and Thomas. Justin Thomas just made a birdie 
on number six to give the USA one-up lead in that match. It is the first lead that we have had so far in the Ryder Cup after getting just completely bombarded in the first wave, the foursomes early today. Uh, we now finally have a lead in a match. So congratulations. Here we go, America. Come on now. Here we go. And guess who didn't play in the morning alternate shot foursomes? Spieth and Thomas. So these guys together have a history, and it's a pretty good history. And that's why Justin Thomas is on the team. But Zach Johnson, the captain for the United States, decides not to play him in the morning session. And in the morning session, as you said, it wasn't even close. Raman Hatton, 4-3 and three over Scheffler and Burns. Scheffler and Burns, by the way, yeah, put those guys together. They've never won together. They were 0-2-1 in the President's Cup, now 0-3-1 overall. Uh, you had Hoblin, who's the hottest golfer on earth, and Ludwig Aberg, 4-2 and two winner over Homa and Harmon. You had Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka, 2-1. 4-3, and one. And three. that was 4-3. 4-3, and, three. Four and three, excuse me, can't even read my own writing. 2-1, and one, Lowry and Straka over Fowler and Morikawa. And then you had McElroy and Tommy Fleetwood, 2-1, and one, over Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantlay. Only the fourth time that Europe went unbeaten in a session overall, like overall, and the first time since 2006 that Europe had a lead after the first session. Yeah. So no, I mean, so no Lee Greenwood. Sorry. Again, it was, I mean, we never led a match. It was a, um, just a, just a whooping uh, in every one of the matches for the most part. And um, not the ideal start, not the way America has obviously struggled when they have played over in Europe. It's been a long time since we know, we've won over there. Um, if you're going to go get a win, not the start you want to get off to. Don't you don't like being down 4-0 after the first session, that is for sure. So they they've got to find a way to uh to bounce back here in these afternoon sessions. You're playing best ball <laughs> we, right now. We, we four ball them, best ball. We have to call them afternoon sessions, even mm-hmm. though it's 7 a.m. here. Um, but the afternoon sessions, they've got to figure out a way. Uh you'd like to get at least three of these if you could. Um, but we'll see see what happens. But they, they finally have a lead in a match. So we, we're making positive strides here in the afternoon. Maybe too much pasta yesterday as this event is being played just outside beautiful Rome, Italy. The United States are the defending champions, so they need 14 and a half points to retain the Ryder Cup. 14. 14 and a half is what it 14 says. 14 to retain. 14 and a half to win. To win outright. Yes. Well, you're going to still retain at 14. So that yes, means, that's you need 14 points to retain the cup. Yeah. So again, 14 and a half to run it out right. What's it matter if you retain the cup? You know what I'm saying? I know that's what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, you only need 14. You said no, you no, need 14 and a half to retain it. You only need 14. No, no, to no. You're, you're right. No, no, no. I stand corrected. But what I'm saying is, what's it, what's it even matter? As long as you retain the cup, that's what's important. But you to want to win. You like to win. You retain the cup. It's all about who owns the damn cup. And right now, the United States is in trouble. So, again, as you mentioned, Thomas and Spieth, first lead for the U.S. They're going up against Hatton and Hovland. You have Kepka playing for the first time and Scheffler all square with Rahm and Hogard. You have Justin Rose and McIntyre, one up on Homa and Clark. And then you have McElroy and Fitzpatrick, two up already through three holes on Shoffley and Morikawa. We'll update you as the match progresses here on day one of the Ryder Cup. Before we dive into football from the NFL and from college football, I guess it became official yesterday that we had already heard the rumors and the stories that were out there that it will absolutely be a merger of the XFL and the USFL. 
However, no details were announced. Yeah, there's still a lot to be figured out, but they announced their intent to merge. Um, there have been ongoing discussions for a long time. Um, and I don't even, I don't think they know much of the details and there's still a lot of approvals and things they've got to get done and all that stuff. But as of, you know, this, it's not a done deal by any means, but this is their intent. Um, how many teams there's going to be when the season's going to be exactly starting all of that stuff. I don't, I'm not sure that they have come to conclusions on that yet. Uh, but I've, from, from what I gather, the Memphis, Memphis will have a team. Um, the showboats are safe and will be a part of this. They don't, they don't even know. They don't, I'm, I don't even think they know the name of the new league yet, although they have trademarked the National Spring Football League. The USFL applied for that uh, trademark, apparently. So um, I would think there's probably a pretty good chance that ends up being the name of it. But, yeah, there's still, still a long way to go. But um, I don't think anybody really ever thought that two leagues could survive in the spring. Putting them together certainly um, could be very good for the for the future of spring football, and maybe we see one of these leagues um, in a combined effort survive for for quite some time. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see, and um, you know, it, the, the, see what kind of the NFL. If the NFL wants to continue to kind of use it as a developmental league and things like that, I think it could end up working with the two of them combining forces. If there is a connection to the National Football League. As a springboard to the NFL, as a farm system, if you will, even though it is professional football and these guys are making you know, decent money, it will work. I think it will work. Two leagues, everybody and their mom knew that that was impossible long term. But again, like you said, you have to go through a lot of things right now, contracts, paperwork, which cities are going to have teams, the whole deal. There's a lot to do. And Sunday is October 1st. That is a lot to get done. When are they going to play? Is it going to be earlier, like it was with the XFL, or later, like it was with the USFL? The bottom line is this. They don't make an official announcement yesterday if it's not going to absolutely 100% happen. It's just how it's going to happen. You're committed now to have this thing happen. You're not going to turn around and go, eh, well, another year of the XFL and the USFL. It's just like the whole thing with the, the PGA, Live, and um, the DP World Tour. They've come together. How it's broken down for next year, I have no idea, but they've come together. They've made that commitment. So there you go. It's uh, it's going to happen. It's just how will it happen. That's still to be answered, those questions, and there is a lot of them. Last night, National Football League Week 4 kicked off with a bleh game. Detroit just took Green Bay behind the woodshed at Lambeau. One of the worst home losses. And I'm not talking about just because it's two touchdowns. It's not the point differential. It's just how they absolutely controlled Green Bay. One of the worst I've seen Green Bay lose at home in a while. There's probably some. I have to do some research for that. But they looked terrible. Jordan Love looked terrible. And then in the second half, he got some numbers. He made some good passes. And they made it respectable, but still lose by two touchdowns at home. Detroit goes to 3-1. and one. Green Bay drops to 2-2. Two and two. Lines led 27-3 at the half. I wonder what those ratings will be for the second half, even though it is the National Football League. Green Bay had 20 total yards of offense at halftime. David Montgomery, three touchdown runs to lead the Lions offense. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that was an onslaught in the first half. Um, ugly first half for Green Bay. And this Lions team is good. Uh, they're they're 
an overtime loss away um, from being four and zero. They are Dan Dan Campbell's bunch is that's a it's a really good football team and getting Montgomery going the way he did last night. Um, this is they're very good offensively, good defensively. This is they are a they are a factor in the NFC. I'm sure they're thanking the Chicago Bears for David Montgomery. Within the own division, within their own division, Chicago letting David Montgomery go, David Montgomery coming through big time for Detroit, and they could just ease Jameer Gibbs into it. And remember... Yeah, I'd like to see them ease more and more into it. You got him on your fantasy team. I'm, just, I'm surprised that he's not more involved in their passing game. I thought he was going to be... I thought he would be really involved in the passing game, and he just has not been... Um, you know, last night I think he had like four catches, but it was for like 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Like I, don't, I thought he would be a playmaker out of the passing game that has not developed so far. So did I. And of course you have Jared Goff, who's playing very consistent, solid football, at times spectacular, but more on that consistently solid, very good level. And they're developing, who's returning, or not returning, but recovering from an injury, Hendon Hooker, who many believe that Hendon Hooker is the future for the Lions. So things looking good right now for Motor City Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. So much for our lead in a match. All square now? We're we're, we're back to not leading anything. But we (laughs) did have it. We had it for one hole. We had a lead in a match for one hole. God bless America. I don't understand, because I am such a true, proud American, I wasn't going to bet the Europeans. But if I was to play the Ryder Cup, I was going to bet Europe. I just couldn't. I didn't have the heart to do it. But they were the underdog. I don't know if every book had them as the underdog, Europe. I don't even understand how the Europeans weren't the favorite. All those guys, not all of them, but a lot of those guys on that squad are really, really playing at top-level golf to end the season. Obviously, Hovland was the best. And John Rahm consistent all year long. Meanwhile, when you look at the United States, you know, can Justin Thomas find his way? More, uh, not more cow, but um, Scheffler was leaking oil at the end of the year. They were going the other way. I don't know how the Europeans were underdogs, but they were. And right now, they are steamrolling the United States. Last night in college football, there were a few games played, including a battle in the American Conference. Tulsa put up 48. They beat Temple 48 to 26 in a high-scoring game to improve to three and two, dropping Temple to two and three. Memphis will play Temple. At the end of the regular season, Thanksgiving weekend in Philly, they will not play Tulsa this year. Western Kentucky over Middle Tennessee State, 31-10. Western Kentucky's 3-2. MTSU's 1-4. I'm trying to figure this one out. MTSU, the Fighting Stockstills, gave Missouri all they could handle. Missouri had to have been overlooking MTSU because the Blue Raiders were no match for Western Kentucky. And I, I, I threw a few shillings on, on MTSU last night, and they never they never came to play. Western Kentucky all over them by three touchdowns. And then in a crazy game, I don't know if you saw the finish of Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. I, I did not. I, I only did because, again, I had a little play on that. Unbelievable. I, and I certainly did not have that. Unbelievable rally by Jacksonville State. They Sam Houston had a one-point lead. They had a big lead early. I think it might have been 21-0. It was 21-20. Jacksonville State had scored a touchdown, missed the extra point. So it was 21-20 Sam Houston. 
So it's late in the game, minute 11 to go, and Sam Houston scores. It's one of those deals where, okay, you might as well let them score and then get the ball back and see what you could do. Sam Houston scores, gets the extra point. They're up 28-20. So Jacksonville State, the fighting Rich Rodriguez's, they go all the way down the field, score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion, and then they go ahead and win it in overtime. Jacksonville State, 3-2 and two now under Rich Rodriguez. So Jacksonville State gets the win last night over Sam Houston. So so just let me ask the simple question. Why in the world were you betting on Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State? Because I had lost some bets and I was chasing. And I ended up, right before I went to bed, I had no idea these guys had won. I didn't watch it either. I was in bed. I was sleeping. I woke up and go, what? So I played them and I parlayed it with the Seattle Mariners. And the Seattle Mariners were losing. I just took where I got the best odds. I didn't think it was going to hit. I didn't put a lot of coin on it. And Jacksonville State with a miraculous comeback win. And then Seattle, as you know, walk it off in the bottom of the ninth inning. And so it ends up hitting. But it was it was lucky. It was just it was frustration uh, after what had happened earlier, especially with MTSU not even coming to play. Tonight you got four games on tap. Some interesting games. Louisville and NC State. NC State is at home, and they're a two-and-a-half-point dog. I, I, I don't know how good Louisville is. They're playing well. Uh, NC State at home, though. Mm. Utah and Oregon State. Utah is a four-and-a-half-point dog on the road. Oregon State, very good, coming off a tough loss to Washington State. Utah, I don't believe Cam Rising's back, correct? I don't think he's back for tonight. Although the two backup quarterbacks have been really good. Nate Johnson's been really good. Uh, La Tech, UTEP's a pick em. And then Cincinnati in the Big 12, one-point favorite in Provo uh, against BYU. So pretty good action tonight in the world of college football. We have a big night in high school football. We'll talk to John Varlis in a few minutes about that. From the world of the NBA, the Golden State Warriors signed a bunch of players for their camp, for their camp roster including Kendrick Davis, the former Memphis Tiger, who was with their summer league team, and Rudy Gay, the former Grizzly. So I don't don't know where their roster stands, but they signed six guys yesterday. They got a lot. I would assume that Kendrick Davis is an Exhibit 10. And and Rudy— And they do have an open two-way spot, so he could possibly earn a two-way spot, but I would assume that um, that is an Exhibit 10 contract. And Lester's got a two-way spot, right? I believe I think Lester is on a two-way right now. I I can't. I, I believe he is. So the possibility. So he the is. possibility of having two former Memphis Tigers with two-way contracts uh, in San Francisco for the Golden State Warriors. But Rudy Gay, is there a roster spot open? I can imagine Rudy Gay. Yeah, they only have. I think. I think they've got like thirteen guaranteed contracts. Okay. Okay. So it makes sense. Rudy Gay will be part of that team. They ended up not signing Dwight Howard after that whole spiel, but. Again, Rudy Gay, former Memphis Grizzly, Kendrick Davis, former Memphis Tiger, both signed yesterday by the Golden State Warriors. Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. Call Brandon McCullough at 901-438-5084. If you've got a problem right now with your roof, there's a leak, it's going to get worse. Or you absolutely need a new roof, you know that it's deteriorating. Call Brandon. Locally owned and operated company. Been around for a while now. Brandon started by... Uh, by being an employee at Reed Homes, he learned his skills from that time and built his company up. And that's why a lot of people now are 
uh, heading that way because they know they're getting quality work from an experienced veteran in Brandon McCullough and his team of professionals. They offer financing with different plans and options to choose from. You can go 6, 12, even 18 month, same as cash option. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll work out of pocket. Your insurance company can't tell you what company to use. That is your prerogative. That is your pick. That is your choice. Uh, also, check out the website, newroofmemphis.com. Find out more about them. They do residential and commercial roofing. So business owners, along with property owners and, of course, homeowners, if you have, or property managers, I should say, or homeowners, if you have a leak or any other roofing problem, call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. Licensed, bonded, and insured, a member of the Better Business Bureau, and you get a five-year labor warranty on the purchase of a new roof. All the work, satisfaction guaranteed. They'll do a great job. If you don't like what they did, they'll come back and they'll make sure that it's to your uh, to your uh, check mark, to your uh, pleasure, to whatever you want, your specifications. They will take care of it. Carpentry work, exterior painting. They can replace gutters, put up fencing and siding, rotten wood repair. Brandon's a certified shingle installer. So again, you got those shingles that have fallen off the roof. He can install them for you. Uh, once again, all their work is guaranteed. Quality work at a very good price. Locally owned and operated. It's Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. 901 438 5084. Ask for Brandon. Tell him you heard it here on Sports 56 Mornings or go online to newroofmemphis.com. When we come back, football of a different guy. We're going to talk some prep football, maybe even sne sneaking a little soccer with our boy John Varlas from the Daily Memphian. He's next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everybody. 727 the time. Hour number one here on a Friday. Getting set for the sports weekend and what a weekend it should be. Right now watching the United States struggle against the Europeans in the Ryder Cup just outside of Rome, Italy. Right now, though, it is Friday. That means it's time to talk to John Varlas. It's time for Greg and Eli's weekly visit with John Varlas of the Daily Memphian. Check out John's prep sports coverage and more at DailyMemphian.com. Now, here's John Varlas with Greg and Eli. He's the award-winning Daily Memphian prep reporter and so much more. He's John Varlas. You can follow him on Twitter at John Varlas. He joins us every Friday to talk prep football and then other things during the year. A little Memphis 901 FC action as well. Another one of his beats. Uh, John is also our Ryder Cup reporter. What are you seeing so far, JV, from uh, I'm, Rome? I'm extraordinarily disappointed in you, for starters, Greg, for uh, not making a Fleetwood Mac reference today. Uh, <laughs> Luke, props to the European captain, Luke Donald, for putting together a, a Fleetwood Mac pairing. And, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, um, the, the U.S. team can start thinking about tomorrow because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, look at you coming it'll, strong. It'll soon be here because they're not uh, they're, well, very they're, nice. They're not performing quite up to expected standards today here, uh, based on the early morning results. So, uh, so yeah, that's my uh, Ryder Cup report. Very good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully our boys can turn it around. But uh, 
Europe is looking pretty tough uh, today. And actually, you know, in, in fairness, I'm actually more of a President's Cup man because I, I like to see the Aussies, um, you know, battling the Americans and the, the South American golfers. To me, that's a little bit more... Uh, I don't know. Exotic, maybe. I don't know. It's a little more, more of a president. Will you? I don't know. Anybody, I don't think I've ever heard. <laughs> that's, that's a, new, that's that's a different one. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I'm more of a president's cup kind of guy. We probably are because we win that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like the I like the Australian golfers and the the uh, you know the South American golf. I, I used to like VJ Singh competing. Oh you know. gosh. I was, I, I Eli, know. will you double his pay, though, this week? That was a great start to the segment. Make Thank sure you. John gets double pay. I appreciate that. That's just coming strong. I'm also I'm also a little troubled, Greg, by the by the, the revelation last night that you were chasing money with uh, Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. I mean, <laughs> do we need to have an intervention do here? Do I sound like point? a degenerate? If you were betting <laughs> on Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, you really you've got I was a problem. Mad. I was mad about uh, the play. Oh, look, look, I told I don't play that. I don't play that much money. Yeah. I, I only play once in a while, but when I play i want a little bit of an effort from the team that i'm putting the, the cash towards I, I like, and when they don't give me the effort did you say you only play once a while you play it every night i, I told you no I, every I, night no i don't play every night i only play a little bit i don't I, play big money like he plays I, I told i told you in the summer and i'll repeat it again you know one minute you're you're betting twenty dollars on the super bowl with your friends the next minute you're up at three o'clock in the morning betting on a malaysian third division <laughs> soccer game <laughs> Or, trying to catch up, trying to chase. Up at Ten o'clock at night, betting on Sam Houston <laughs> State. Jackson State. Do you, do you remember? You, the, well, you couldn't name a single player. Do you remember the Flintstones? Uh, when, yeah. When Fred got got hooked up in that bed, 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 bed. I don't remember um, that episode. Yeah, but that was uh, that's one the kids should watch. Just be careful, buddy. And and I do. I'm good. I, and I, I, I do listen to you every morning. And and I think Eli's right. I do often hear you say, "I had a little money on this. I had little, a little, very night, little, every night he bets. Yeah. Very little. Okay, couple of grand." Night, no my, big deal. None of my no, business, but just be just be careful. <laughs> all right. in a little right. money over That's money. all I got to say. Just be careful. <laughs> all right. Well, if the intervention happens. Watch yourself. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be ready for that. Jacksonville State. <laughs> all right. So let's talk some prep football. The Gamecocks. The lesser Gamecocks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. If it pays, it pays. Um, you never want to be the lesser Cox. <laughs> That's what she said. Right? <laughs> Zach, reel this one back in, man. <laughs> right now we're off the train tracks here. Reel it back in. Uh, High school football. There we go. The, off High the school chains. <laughs> yes, off Going the chains. Back to Fleetwood Mac. So last uh, last week, a couple of interesting results, to say the least. Not a shock that MUS beat Ensworth because MUS is really good, but they had never beaten Ensworth. So nice, nice win for MUS, who continues to trudge toward the postseason with a lot of momentum. Well, yeah, I mean, Dave. They had never beaten Innsworth uh, eight all-time meetings. They were 0-8. And, uh, you know, to paraphrase, uh, you, uh, God, who was it? I think it was Vetus Gerolitis and, and uh, John McEnroe or somebody like – Jimmy Connors maybe. Jimmy Connors had beaten – Vetus Gerolitis 16 times in a row, and finally Vetus Gerolitis wins. And he says, nobody beats Vetus Gerolitis 17 times in a row. <laughs> nobody beats the MUS Howls nine times in a row. That's for darn sure. The White sure. Lion, wasn't that his nickname? I don't know. That's a good question. I think I it know. was. Anyway, great, great, great win for MUS. I mean, they go on the road against a really good team, you know, 
Not a lot of offense in that one, but, you know, kind of like they've done all year long, another terrific defensive effort. And, uh, you know, they they get the winning touchdown late in the third quarter on a blocked punt, which they return for a touchdown. And, you know, those are just, I mean, that's that's just kind of how MUS is rolling this year. You know, they're relying a lot on that defense. They're making the big plays when when, when they need to. And, yeah, I mean, I, I really think they're putting together a, a special season. You know, they have uh, one more trip to Nashville tonight to take Take on Father Ryan. It's going to be their third trip to Nashville, I think, in a span of five weeks. So I'm pretty sure Coach Austin and those guys are sick of uh, <laughs> bopping up and down I-40 to Nashville. And um, how good's Father Ryan? They're 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 solid. They just lost to Briarcrest last week, though, which I thought was a real interesting result. Um, you know, that was a little bit of a surprise to me because you know Briarcrest hadn't really had a signature win up to that point, and they Briarcrest played really really well last week against Father Ryan, ran the ball, you know, just up and down the field. So I, I think that gives MUS a lot of confidence. You know, looking at that result, say, hey, we can go up there and 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 you know do similar. So yeah, so no, I'm having said all that, I'm really excited about MUS. U.S.'s chances have been since week one when they shut out Bartlett, and and you know nothing's changed in my opinion. Yeah, Father Ryan's weird because they hammered Brentwood Academy a couple weeks ago, and then they've lost two sets. Briarcrest beats them last week. Briarcrest and Christian Brothers. I'll be on the call of that one. I I, I don't know what to expect out of Briarcrest um, after that win last week, but I don't. Know, maybe Father Ryan that win over Brentwood was a little. Deceiving. I have no idea. Well, it's interesting too, Eli. I think I saw someone, one of the mid-state reporters, I think, tweeted this out during the week. I think last week was the uh, like a rare, rare week when all of the Nashville big privates lost in the same week. Innsworth lost, Ryan lost, uh, who's the other one? Montgomery Bell Academy and Brentwood Academy. Mm-hmm. They all lost last week. So, you wow. know, traditionally those are really, really good teams. And, I, you know, I think they still are, obviously. But, I mean, it's just hard to kind of gauge how, how tough they are this year based on some of the results. Another one from last week, which, again, maybe not shocking because they're really good, but Houston beat a really good Tupelo team. A really good Tupelo team. And, you know, talking about your your Jacksonville State, Sam Houston, uh, you know, Tupelo scores in that one with about 54 seconds left to go ahead, but 54 seconds was far too much time mm-hmm. for that high-powered Houston offense. They they marched it right back down the field, scored with two seconds left, and and pulled that one out. Wild scenes, I, I you know, I was told last week at Houston, just a great, great victory for them. And, and you know, to win a game like that against a good team like Tupelo is just going to really have Houston, again, full of a lot of confidence for tonight's big, big, big region matchup against Bartlett. I mean, that's going to be a huge win tonight. Yeah, I, I would. I assume you're, that's where you're going to be. Uh, I'll definitely be there. Uh, Houston, right around the corner from uh, home game from home base home, and uh, home game for Mr. Home, yeah. What uh, What home do you expect out of that one? Well, I expect a lot of offense, Eli. I mean, Bartlett's coming in with the number one offense in Shelby County, averaging 375 yards a game. Houston is number ten in offense, so I, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a shootout. Honestly, I mean, both teams have really been putting up the points in the yards here lately. Um, you know, I just, just mentioned Bartlett in MUS. You know, they got off to a slow start in Week One, but since then they've they've really been clicking i mean you know a couple of weeks ago they scored 42 points in in one quarter against white station and you know granted white station is you know maybe not the strongest team in the city but they're they're a good solid team and to put up 42 points in 12 minutes i mean that just shows you the capability that this offense has you know jaron johnson is running the ball well Jade Neyland for bartlett is is turning into an outstanding receiver with uh with jeremiah reed still being injured and then on the other side of the, the ball, you got Collins Day, the quarterback at uh, 
at Houston, you know, he's a junior, but he's already a, a three-year starter. Started since he was a freshman. Two good running backs with uh, Damon Sissa and Selly Davis. And, you know, for, for for my money and for a lot of people's money, DJ Miller at Houston is, is one of the best wide receivers in the state. Just a, a real, real good playmaker, uh, not only at wide receiver, but also at defensive back. Really good two-way player. So I expect lots of offense, lots of fireworks, and lots of fun. If you have a question for John about a particular team or a matchup, uh, hit us up on the Sports 56 listener lines by texting in at 901-360-8255. Before we get to other games on the docket for tonight, uh, just by chance, do you have any idea uh, if Memphis, the university, is in pursuit of some of these uh, top-tier area players? I, I don't, and I would really... You know, kind of hope they would be. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've thrown this out on, 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 you know, as as stats says, the old Twitter machine. I've thrown this out. I, I, I'd really like to see them go after the the guys at uh, Southwind. You know, the the defensive end, Kavion Benton, and the linebacker Antoine Kiefer. I think they'd be perfect guys for for you know University of Memphis level. DJ Miller is, is another one at Houston that I think would be perfect for the University of Memphis. I don't know how serious the involvement is and mm-hmm. these, these kids all have offers from from other schools as well. You know, I know Miller for example, I think he's been offered by Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, Benton has several Power 5 offers. I think Kiefer's been offered from, you know, some lower level schools like Tennessee State and and and, and those types of programs. Um, but no, I, I I would hope they are because there's really some tremendous talent in here. You know, be, below the uh, you know the the Power Five level that I think Memphis can really thrive with. Is it illegal to have you on retainer? Uh, are they allowed to have you on retainer? Actually, well, you know, I will. Nobody I, knows the preps better than you. I'll tell I'll, you know they can just give me a small finder's fee. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I spent time yesterday trying to broker a a, a game because uh, one of our area schools had a cancellation. I was, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, you so were a matchmaker. Like, yeah, try to. Try- <laughs> I'm going to end up charging a finder's fee for all my service. I don't know how it worked out, but we'll find out. But no, it, yeah, you just never know what's going to happen with high school football. They need Tinder for football games. You Tinder for football games. Swipe exactly. right if you need a game. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a good. I like that. I like that. You got an old rivalry tonight in Whitehaven with uh, Rodney Salisbury's Whitehaven Tigers and Gene Robinson's uh, Germantown Red Devils. Yeah, all those connections there. Obviously, Gene Robinson, former, former uh, terrific linebacker at Whitehaven before going on to North Carolina. And of course, you know his defensive coordinator now at Germantown. You know Earl Harmon. He was uh, Whitehaven's defensive coordinator under Coach Salisbury in 2012 and 2016 when they won state championships and went you know 15 and 0 each year. So lots of um, you know, lots of uh, connections, connections, lots mm-hmm. of connections, lots of familiarity with both staff. You know Germantown coming in there six and 0, big victory last uh, last week over Collierville and talking to Coach Robinson after the game. He was just ecstatic. I mean, simply over the moon that his defense was able to hold, you know, a good Collierville offense to seven points. He was just so proud of those guys. And, uh, you know, they came up with big plays, you know, three interceptions in the red zone. Um, you know, they really limited what Aiden Glover, you know, Collierville's outstanding quarterback could do. They really, uh, you know, Joachim Dodson wasn't really – that much of a threat in the receiving game for for Collierville, so just a great, great defensive effort for for Germantown, and you know, kind of like MUS, they continue to really rely on that defense and be able to do just enough what they need to do offensively to get the victories. The the sophomore quarterback at Southwind, oh, so good, Kelvin he Perkins just continues to yeah. put massive numbers. Oh gosh, Kelvin Perkins is really, really special. I mean, you can just kind of watch this kid and see that he kind of has it. You know, he can make all the throws. He can make the reads, 
you know, he can get out of the pocket and beat you with his legs. Big guy? No, well, he's, I mean, for a sophomore, he's pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's probably about a he's probably about my height, maybe an inch taller, mm-hmm. maybe 190, 195 pounds. But, and so, and factor in, you know, again, he's only a 10th grader, so he's going to mature physically, get stronger, get bigger. You know, I think he might project out to be, you know, maybe 6'2", six, 6'3", six, you know, 215 pounds by the time good he, size you know yeah so no he is really really good and i suspect that once you're able to start offering the sophomore class yeah. once it, you know you're allowed to do so he's gonna have a ton of interest because i mean six games he's got 19 passing touchdowns seven rushing touchdowns he leads our area in total offense i mean the kid is just really really special and that's was the team i guess the, the team's really team good. yeah obviously I, I mentioned kv on benton and Kiefer on on defense you got perkins at quarterback i mean they've got four wide receivers that can make plays and their running game is starting to come around and they've got a reliable kicking game so yeah southwind is really really a complete team but could central give them a run tonight i think so i mean you know you, you never count out a major right, right coach team and, mm-hmm. and central's got a lot of speed they got they got talent for sure um i, I will say this is probably Southwind's biggest hurdle in, in terms of the regular season if they can get past uh central tonight i, I like their chances to probably win, win out and finish undefeated the rest of the regular season but yeah no this isn't going to be a cakewalk tonight by any stretch but no I, i'm really high on Southwind and kelvin perkins when you have a quarterback eli in, in high school man that just covers up for a lot yeah. of deficiencies and an idea that you have somebody like that as a sophomore that you uh, you know you're gonna yeah. have for a couple more years oh for sure and he, he actually started uh, it's interesting too he actually started as a freshman uh, for about half the season, and his first start last year was against Central. Big game last year against Central was his first start. They threw him in there. Southwind beat Central last year. I think he started like the last three games of the regular season, and you know maybe a playoff game as well. Um, and he started all this year, obviously. So yeah, no, it's it's. It, I mean, when you hand your keys over to a, a a freshman, when you take your senior out and say, hey, you know, we're going to turn it over to this kid, that just kind of gives you an indication of what they think of Kelvin Perkins and his abilities. Mario Texan says, "How about my Sheffield Knights? They've won four in a row. Uh, they're doing they're doing really good in the region, Mario. You know, a little slow start to the to the non conference schedule, but you know, like like we've said all year, once you know, once region play starts, Sheffield is is you know strong." <laughs> They're the defending region champs. Coach Kuykendall does a great, great job with his group. Ray Darius Jackson is one of the best all-around athlete football players in the area. He had another huge game last week. You know, 89-yard punt return and two receiving touchdowns. He's outstanding. So, yeah, you know, uh, Sheffield's, Sheffield's on track and, and heading right for another region title. And then we get our weekly question about Overton. Oh, gosh, who is Overton playing tonight? Oh, big trip for Overton tonight in Millington. Yeah, that's a non-region game. And Millington's actually been playing some really good football. Millington's already locked up their playoff berth because it's a small region. So (laughs) they they can't... uh, they, they're guaranteed not. They rest the players the rest of the way. Load management at Millington. <laughs> no. So so whatever happens to Overton tonight doesn't affect the region, and they've still got some some big region games left. But yeah, no, they're they're doing a good job at Overton. And you know, Gary Greer is a player I've talked about before, a real versatile player. Again, like uh, like Jackson at Sheffield, who can do everything for you. So I, you know, Overton's got got a, a great chance to make the playoff this year if they can sneak in that top four. It's interesting. I. It's probably because of when I came to Memphis and started covering high school football when I was over at ABC 24. Millington was so good, and so was Melrose. So I always think that high school football in Memphis is better when Millington and Melrose are really good. 
But, well, they they are good, and 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 certainly, uh, you know, Millington's dropped down in in classification uh, probably a couple of times, Greg, since you've been here. You know, they used to be a much larger enrollment school. I think they're in they're in three. Oh God, what are they now? Three A or four A? They're in one of those, and I apologize. Really, where are they losing those kids too? That is, that's I, a big that's a big community. That, that, that's a good question. I don't I don't honestly know where those kids would be going. Maybe it's just um, I don't know. Does it have mm-hmm. to do with just a, a lack of overall population families moving into them? Right. They might have something to do with that. I honestly don't know. But they've dropped down in enrollment. But no, Chris Michael is is is, is you know he's been at Millington you know since before mm-hmm. i've been doing this this mm-hmm. gig full time and he does a, always does a good he job really with his group and uh, you know they're consistent and they're playing good football this year all right we need to take a time out again if you have a question a comment about uh, prep football in the area john varlis is here to uh, answer any of your queries uh, hit us up on the sports 56 listener lines by texting in at 901-360-8255 also when we come back after we wrap up prep football talk Talk a little 901 FC. We have uh, their head coach, uh, Stephen Glass, joining us at 805. But John, of course, covers 901 FC for the Daily Memphian as well. So that will uh, come be coming up when we return from this quick timeout. You're listening to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 at 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Having fun on a Friday, getting you set for the sports weekend, talking with John Barless from the Daily Memphian. A few more minutes with John. Prep football, big night tonight, busy night tonight. We went over a bunch of the games in our first segment, just a, a few more high school football notes and get some thoughts on 901 FC. They got a big match tomorrow. Uh, Munford at Arlington. That's a non region game, uh, Greg. 6A Arlington versus 5A Munford. I think, or I believe Arlington is the host for that one. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So Munford coming off a big homecoming victory against my, uh, my alma mater, the Kingsbury Falcons, 71 0. So if you had, uh, if you had, uh, oh, what's the terminology? If you had, a parlay? If, it, no, if you had uh, <laughs> Dolphins if, and if Kingsbury you, plus seventy. Mighty <laughs> Dolphins yeah, Kingsbury, and plus seventy. Kingsbury plus seventy. You, you are a winner. Take <laughs> it to the pay window. <laughs> but uh, no, un- unfortunately for the Falcons, they're not doing that great this year. But Munford and Munford put it on them last last week. So obviously they're going to be coming in there with a lot of good momentum against uh, an Arlington team, which is you know still still in the building stages under Tommy Miller in, in that very very difficult six A region. And Arlington. Because of where they're located, and I remember when that school came into existence, is going to lose students to Lakeland, right? The Lakeland Prep students. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe you know Arlington for for quite a long time. They were a really really good football program. They had some outstanding uh, quarterbacks: uh, Drew Reed, who went on to play mm-hmm. at Lafayette; Tate Colwick, who plays baseball at, at Vanderbilt; he, running back he, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, of course. I mean, yeah, they had some really really good talent come through Arlington. 
right now it's it's not at that level but you know certainly they they i, I think they're going to get back up to where they are because where, where they were because you know that's a that's a, a a one school community you know ton of support for for the football program and all the athletics out there so i, I think coach miller is eventually going to get the job done right now it's just super difficult with you know with germantown being where they are and, and collierville being so good and houston and bartlett being so good and and whitehaven being who they always mm-hmm. are it's just really really tough right now last night congratulations to the the Mitchell Tigers. 7 and 0 for the first time in 44 years under coach Larry Fitzgerald, not the former NFL <laughs> wide receiver but the former Mitchell assistant uh, who played at Mitchell. And and it's really cool too. Not only is is he is coach Fitzgerald a, a former Mitchell player, but several of his assistants are also uh former Mitchell players including uh Kiwan Malone who was, you know, oh, one, yes. one of the best wide receivers ever to come out of Memphis, signed with Alabama and mm-hmm. then he ended up transferring to Memphis State to finish. So, a lot of a lot of pride in that Mitchell community and 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 coach coach Fitzgerald and his staff are really doing some good things with his you know with their group. 7 and 0 They've got five shutouts in a row, and them and they and Fairley are on a collision course. Those two teams play in the regular season finale, and and that one will most likely decide the uh, the championship of that region and the top seed in the playoffs. I'll do this because I know there are people yelling at the radio right now. The University of Memphis, not Memphis State. But it was Memphis State when Keywan Malone no. was there, was it not? No, it wasn't. No, okay. no. my bad. And how old do you think Keywan Malone is? I don't know, thirty ish, thirty five ish. It was never Memphis State when I got here, so it okay, was. I got here late '95. <laughs> right. It was University of Memphis. I do apologize. <laughs> I just okay. I, I just know there are people yelling at the radio. Like, it's University of Memphis. Okay, I, it was Memphis State when I went there, and I get I get a little fuzzy. Although, oh. if you watch the men's basketball team, they'll pull out the Memphis State retros a lot. Those are cool uniforms. They will too, pull them out not? a lot. They are they are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so Memphis 901 FC tomorrow. At home against Birmingham. We know that they've clinched a playoff for a third straight year. They hit a little rut there in the middle of the season, and then they picked up and, and have been strong. But now they're playing for what? Home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs? Home field advantage, which mm-hmm. would be huge. I mean, third third uh, straight year in the program. So credit to Coach Glass, who I know you're going to have on in a few minutes, and, and the, the front office. I mean, they've really assembled a strong team this year. I think, you know, a lot of the moves that they've – a lot of the guys they brought in, you know, the offseason moves and the moves in the season, you know, they've really clicked, clicked I think. They've really done a good job identifying talent, identifying players to fit into their system. And, uh, no, they've done a tremendous job this year. Huge win last week in, in Tampa. Rodrigo DaCosta with a hat trick and that earned him USL Championship Player of the Week honors, which I vote on. And spoiler alert, I voted for Rodrigo. <laughs> it's a homer vote, but I think it was worth it. I mean, you score three goals in a match, you should be Player of the Week. The um, Since you're Dr. Soccer, yeah, is Messi hurt? I, it, there's I, He's... He's like nagging injuries kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, nothing it, serious. Nothing serious, but there, you know, there's no point in... in uh, pushing him out there at this at this juncture okay because he didn't uh, they had the what the u.s open cup final thingy or whatever yeah and he didn't play in he that he didn't play yeah i mean he, it, it, it's not like a major injury or anything but just you know, just the wear and tear of probably the season and you know I mean, he played in the world cup it's it's been a long lot of games here lately for Messi and, and a lot of these guys so yeah if you can rest them just go ahead and rest them i, I know we don't have a lot of time but by chance have you spoken to craig unger or even Anyone within the organization from Memphis 901 FC about this ongoing stadium deal as we are now approaching October 
and nothing's come to a head yet, and they aren't even in the conversation now, no. it seems like, as far as the new stadium you're, is concerned. You're right, and I haven't talked to them about it, um, but I know it's got to be really, really frustrating for them, like you said, Greg, not even to be mentioned. You know, every time the stadium thing comes up, it's, you know, Grizzlies and, and what's going to be left over for the Tigers, and the rest of it is just seemed like it's it's all vanished and I know there was a lot of excitement about having that soccer stadium I think that would be a really great thing for that organization and, and for their fan base I mean it's just so tough at at AutoZone Park uh sharing you know with a baseball team it's just so tough with the field conditions and you know there you, you go see the match and there's divots on the field and uh, you know I, I know it's just not a, a situation anybody really really wants to have I know there's a lot of pride within the the 901 FC organization of, of playing downtown and kind of embracing that that mentality that grit grind blue collar kind of you know downtown you know we're Memphis kind of thing um but I just think uh having their own stadium if there was ever a way to get it done would just really really benefit them and I think it might even bolster attendance too as well maybe some business people will step up in the uh area that are big into soccer and want to support who knows uh what will, will come out of it and by the way since we brought up soccer congratulations to Brooks Monaghan and the University of Memphis women's soccer I was team. at that match Huge win. Last night, did you read my article? Uh, I did not. Oh, you should. It's a tour. I was busy betting on Jacksonville State. <laughs> well, you were. You, you were indeed. <laughs> well, well, take five minutes and read it because it was. <laughs> I'm proud of that article. But no, good match. A huge win last night over SMU. That was a rematch of the uh, last year's AAC title game. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell you what, this Maya Jones that plays for the University of Memphis. Real deal. She is a good soccer player. She scored two really, really nice goals last night. And... Um, you know, I'm talking to some of the, the Memphis people there. You know, she's probably going to win the Conference Player of the Year award, uh, you know, in line for lots of other postseason recognition. Yeah, she's really, really good. And, and Coach Monahan's got a, a really good team again this year. You know, they've got their sights set on another good NCAA run. You know, last year they made it to the Sweet 16. Right, right. You know, this year I, the hope is they can even go maybe a little bit further if they put it all together. Absolutely. He's a great coach, and they've been on a great run. All right, check out that article, all the prep coverage from John Varlis at The Daily Memphian. Follow him on Twitter at John Varlis. Catch him every single Friday right here on Sports 56 Morning. JV, have a great uh, weekend. We'll talk to you next week. I got a quick idea to bolster the Ryder Cup. So with these teams... The American wins holes? No, no. Oh. With with mm. these with the, when you have these these teams, you know, these pairings against one another, right. you give them nicknames like wrestling tag teams. How about that? <laughs> so... So like you know, right now you've got the team of McElroy and Fitzpatrick, and you come up with like some sort of creative name for them. Have to be Irish related, I would think. Yeah, like the you know the Blarney Bombers or whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just shooting off the top. Ours would all be, be nicknamed the right. Do Nothings. Right, right now, with the Do Right now, those two are Blarney bombing Morikawa and Shoffling because they've won the last five holes. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? No. Yeah, sure, John. Yeah, absolutely. It would be a, I'm a, a humdinger. I'm a president's cup. Absolutely. Man. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. <laughs> Should have stopped at Fleetwood Mac. We will take a timeout when we come back. Hour two of the program. And as John said, we will open up talking with the head coach of Memphis 901 FC, Stephen Glass. And then remember, 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation, normally at about 9.30. It'll be at 8.30. At 8.30 today. So get ready for 10 in a row. The game show that has swept the nation. Hour number three, Brandon Lang from brandonlang.com and the Believe Me podcast. He'll handicap college football and NFL games. And then Sean Merriman, 
the former three-time NFL All-Pro and founder of Lights Out MMA. He'll join us at 9.30 before we wrap things up and get ready for the weekend. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.